Welcome to another episode of Your Intention Matters, the podcast. My name is Paul Madot. Thanks very much for joining us on this one. Today, I have Cody Normand. He is Global Head of Sales Productivity and Enablement at HubSpot coming to us from Boston. Cody, how are things, man? <laughs> Going well, Paul. Going well. Yeah. Uh, you know, as bad as well as they could be right now. Hey, how was uh, that accent from a Canadian boy? Uh, not bad. Not bad. <laughs> uh, it's funny. I, you know, I'm from Rhode Island and, and people say sometimes I... I sound like I'm from the South. So when I try to do the, the Boston accent, even I mess it up sometimes. Um, but uh, you, you did all right there. All right. Well, I appreciate that. Listen, thanks for being here. Say hi to everybody and, and a quick intro. Yeah, yeah. Um, so my name's Cody Norman. Um, coming over from HubSpot. Uh, been at HubSpot for about five and a half years. Um, have had an interesting journey. Um, started on our support team, moved into our services team, then moved into a sales role and now into enablement. So it's been a it's been a fun ride, um, especially through the different uh, stages of HubSpot's growth so far in the past five and a half, six years. All right, good. You married, single, kids? Uh, engaged. Uh, it was supposed to get married in August, um, but COVID kind of has put a little wrench in that. Um, so I had to scramble last minute and, and postpone to next summer. And we'll see if that happens. Dude, do uh, it by Zoom. Yeah, we're, we're going to do something. Uh, <laughs> We're going to do something in August, um, you know, uh, something small with just family. So we're, we're, we're figuring it out as we go. Got it. Well, congratulations. All right, good. So, so let's get into it then. So the title of the podcast is called Your Intention Matters um, because that's the result you'll tend to get. If you're fired up about something, you'll create it. Nothing is really gifted to any of us. And so uh, I'm looking for you, looking forward to you sharing your story because it's a pretty cool one here. But before we get into it, uh, let's talk about current state. As you, you mentioned at the start, kind of hanging in there as best you can. It's been a, a turbulent, interesting, unique three or four months with everything with um, the protest and COVID and uh, everything that's kind of happening. Uh, how are you hanging in there? You doing okay? Yeah, you know, um, doing okay, I think, right? Like there's, I, I was actually uh, talking to my team earlier this week and we have regular check-ins, uh, especially now with, you know, the, the, the civil rights uh, stuff that that's mm -hmm. really you know starting to see some action and progress, which is, which is a good thing. But it's it's important, I think, for us on a team. We we've been you know making sure we're talking openly about things and um, you know learning with each other. I think that's been the the biggest thing. Um, just is just learning, right? Um, listening and, and learning to everything that's going on. And then on top of that, you have this COVID stuff, right? And so I think I think. Um, you know, mentally, uh, it, it's just been a bit of a roller coaster for a lot of people, you know, um, in, in the past, really since March, I think <laughs> uh, it's been nonstop. You know, your comment about learning uh, just resonated with me because I, I recorded a session yesterday with a gentleman by the name of uh, Rodney Jefferson, and he is uh, out in California and uh, and he's African-American and and I'm I'm Caucasian and you're white. So am I. And so. I've been like struggling with like because I don't get it. I've never lived it, and I so I, I get it in the sense of what's happening, but I've never yeah. lived it, right? And so I'm I'm trying to be respectful of it, and I'm thinking, well, is it even okay to talk about it? And what I'm learning is that it is because if I'm silent, 
then right. that's not doing anybody any good. And so I love the fact that you and your team are have chosen to go down that path to say, no, let's let's talk about it because we support um, equality and we, we support, uh, you know, Black Lives Matter and and that uh, there's no reason for anybody just based on the color of their skin to be, uh, you know, you know, prejudged just based on exactly. uh, something that happened 300 years ago. Like, it's ridiculous. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Especially as, you know, as a leader of the team, I, I, I felt a, a responsibility to make sure that people know this isn't okay. Like what, you know, what's, what's been going on for hundreds of years and, and, you know, especially now, like it's, it's not okay. And we need to, need to do something to fix it, you know? So just having those, those kind of open conversations and telling them, Hey, book time on my calendar, like let's yeah. just chat, you know, and, and I don't have all the solutions. Um, but if anything, I think the most important thing that I can do. And I think that, that, you know, we as a society can do is listen, learn, and, and then, you know, take action. Good, good. Well, congrats on, on that as well then. And uh, so Cody, so let's get into it then. Uh, let's go back to Hofstra, uh, 2013 yeah. uh, B of A broadcast journalism. Uh, <laughs> six, seven years ago now, um, yeah. what'd you think you'd be doing? What was your plan at the time? If anything? Yeah, yeah I had this, had this grand plan, you know, sports, sports has been my life. Um, I had this grand plan to be a, a sportscaster and, um, you know, I was fortunate enough to, to play college baseball. And, and my, my goal was to either, you know, try to try to take that route, uh, which, which was, uh, it's extremely hard to do that. So my, my, you know, first plan was, well, let me be a, a baseball broadcaster. Um, that seems cool. I want to stay around, you know, baseball and my entire life. And then that slowly turned into, um, you know, I was calling some basketball games in college and, and set my sights on, you know, I'm going to be on ESPN. Like, I'll, you know, I'm, I'm going to be at know, the, in the desk one day. Right. Um, so that, that was the grand plan. Um, and obviously it, it, I, it was actually a personal decision, uh, which we can get into of getting out of that business. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that in college, that was my plan to, to be a sportscaster. And so did you actually go down that path, uh, you know, post Hofstra? I did. You did yes. for how long? Um, I did, uh, for a year. For a year. Um, so yeah, a, a quick story on what I was doing and then, and then why I pulled the plug on it. Um, so I did, I spent a summer in the Cape Cod league, um, calling baseball games. there, the Cape Cod summer league. Um, uh, calling baseball games there, get, getting a bunch of experience. That was only about three months. Uh, and then right after that, uh, uh, landed a job at MLB um, and was working uh, in the MLB Advanced Media, um, basically a production assistant and, you know, cutting highlights and I would watch games for a living basically and then have to cut the highlights. So cool, but not what I wanted to be doing, right? right. I wanted to be, you know, in front of the camera, et cetera. Um, and then shortly after that, uh, went over to Comcast Sportsnet Boston, which is a, a, a sports TV station here. Um, local? In Boston. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Local Boston uh, TV. Uh, they, they broadcast the, the Celtics games. So they have the rights to the Celtics games. And I'll never forget it. It was, this was the, the night that I, I pulled the plug on, on chasing the dream was, it was uh, Christmas Eve. Um, and you know, when you're in sports broadcasting, you work nights, you work weekends, you work holidays, because that's when all the big sporting events happen. Um, it's Christmas Eve, and, and I was walking around the office, and I see my executive producer FaceTiming his daughter, you know, good night, right, mm. on, on Christmas Eve. And 
I, I remember looking at that and thinking, you know, if that's the 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 top, right? If that, if that's the pinnacle of this career, I don't want it. You know, I I just I didn't see myself. 20, 30 years from, from that moment, you know, I was a 21 year old kid and I didn't, I didn't see myself FaceTiming my daughter, you know, good night if I'm lucky to have a daughter. Right. right. Uh, I, I just didn't see myself, um, living that type of life. So literally that next day, um, I did a Google search jobs with a communication degree. Okay. <laughs> uh, and lo and behold, like HubSpot, you know, SEO inbound marketing, they came up first. Um, had you heard HubSpot, of them before? Never. I had no idea who HubSpot was. Uh, I was like, oh, this looks cool. I'll, I'll apply. Right. And, you know, the rest is history. Okay. So so this is around the holidays. And it's, it's interesting that you say that because I'm a dad, six-year-old daughter. And I, I certainly do enough travel in my lifetime with what I do for a living. Obviously not right now, of course. But... Uh, you know, have enough air miles to sustain me and the family for, you know, a lifetime, quite frankly. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, and I get that comment that, uh, hey, listen, uh, it's not a religious thing, but at Christmas Eve, which happens to be my daughter's birthday, like I want to be home. I want to be yep. with my wife putting out the milk and cookies. And I don't want to do that via via Zoom or WebEx or FaceTime. It's like, oh, I got that. So but that must have been. Was that like a big aha moment for you? Was that like a disappointing like feeling at that time? Like, how how did you handle that? Because yeah, yeah, it was certainly an aha moment. I, I, again, I'll never forget. Like, I remember seeing that and just going back to my desk and thinking, "Man, this is this is that's it. Yeah. If that's the peak, I, I don't see myself, um, you know, in that situation, okay. right?" Um, I was kind of grinding away like I, you know, the hours again are like 4 p.m. to 4 a.m. because sports happen at night. Right. So but I was like, oh, this is, you know, I'm entry level. I'm young. I'm my first year of my broadcasting career. Like, yeah, I got to you know, I got to I got to do this. This is um, this is what I have to do. And then I saw that. I was like, oh, actually, this is going to be the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, and I just I didn't see it that way. It was ruining sports for me in a way. Like I wanted games to end sooner when I used to like yeah. just give me a game for six hours and I'll just sit there and watch it. You know, I imagine so. in that, in that line of work, then when you were watching a game, even when you're off, you, you, you must have not even watched the game. You must have come from it from a scope of, well, I would cut it here and I would do, that's a great shot and kind of takes away just the, the, the fan part of the experience. Exactly. Yeah. yeah that's a great point. You, you can't really watch it. You're, you're not, you're not, you know, taking it in. You're, you're just, cutting highlights all day yeah. and throughout the entire game. And you're, you're kind of missing the story of the game, right. Uh, and the trends of the game, you're just kind of cutting things as they go. So Cody, this is end of 14. Yeah. You've kind of made that mental choice. Okay. I'm going to start looking, you find HubSpot just through a Google search. Uh, yep. talk to me about the, the process of coming on board. Did you quit MLB or, or sorry, Comcast right away? Did you stay the course? What was the process like until you finally made that decision to move on? Yeah. So, so, you know, it was Christmas day that I, I did the Google search and, and sent my resume into HubSpot, heard back from them um, a couple of days later um, and went through the interview process, which took about two or so weeks. So we're talking, we're middle of January now, um, got the job offer and, and then, you know, let my boss know at Comcast, gave my two weeks, um, said, Hey, these are going to be my last two weeks here. Um, I'm, you know, I'm going to be moving on and, um, yeah. And again, rest is history there. Did your boss say, are they hiring as well? 
<laughs> no, 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 no. Um, he, he did not. Uh, he didn't even know. HubSpot, again, still a young That's company, fair. but even back then, it was a very young company. All right. So then you joined HubSpot in what capacity? So I was in, it was called a uh, entry-level HubSpotter. Um, uh, what that was, was a, a support engineer, a customer service rep. Okay. Um, so, you know, it was the very get in the door at HubSpot, uh, learn the product. Uh, I learned a ton in that role. I, I absolutely positively would not be where I am today without, without starting in that role. Okay. So you, so you move into customer service, valued co- part of the job, of course, co- company needs that. Yep. Um, so how do you transition from customer service into sales? Did you raise your hand or did someone pluck you out? Like, how did that happen? Yeah, uh, it, it, I had zero when I got into HubSpot, I, no goals to be in sales. Um, it, it happened through building relationships. Uh, internally. And on, and on, yep, internally. Um, and honestly, like growing professionally um, and, and really with each kind of role and, and kind of progression I made at HubSpot, um, you know, learning what I really love and what I'm passionate about, which is helping people which is um, talking to customers. Um, uh, th- those were like my top two, you know, things that kept me going and just like my motivator every day to help people and talk to our customers. Um, so essentially what ended up happening was uh, I was in a customer support role. Mm-hmm. And then about a year after that, uh, moved on to uh, a sales consulting role and worked within our, still in the six, uh, customer service you know, space at HubSpot, but more on like the uh, implementation onboarding piece Um, and uh, started to actually build some relationships in sales because the customers I was onboarding, the sales reps were like, man, like they love you. Like Mm -hmm. they're, you know, I I was actually doing a pretty solid job of upsell and cross sell. So started to meet some salespeople and sales managers kind of organically were like, you should give sales a shot. Um, So it was actually folks uh, were, were coming to me saying, give this a shot. And, you know, again, long story short, gave it a shot. <laughs> now, was there are. resistance initially from you? Um, a little bit. Yeah, I, I was certainly, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't nervous, right? Um, or, or, or scared or a little bit of imposter syndrome. Like, ah, I'm, you know, I'm not a salesperson. I, I can't do that, you know? Um, so for sure, you know, when you say that, it takes me back to, you know, my first sales job was with Xerox back in 2001. So call it almost almost 20 years ago now. And I remember when I was I was at a work and I was in the finance side of my career. I wasn't even in sales. That wasn't even in my scope of like, I might be a salesperson because my story on a salesperson was uh, kind of devious, kind of just you know, slimy a little bit, you know, shady. And you just oh, you got to sell people. You got to force people to buy stuff. And even though I was a buyer of stuff, I never really looked at it like that. So I was very resistant. I think I don't know anything about selling. And then you get into it. And so was it an easy transition for you? Did you struggle? Was there like regret or like talk to me about you once that happened, what your first even 90 days was like? Yeah, yeah, uh, it's a great question. So the the hardest transition for me was just that quota over your head feeling like you wake up every day and you just have that number staring at you right in the face. Black and white. It's right there. That was the number one adjustment for me um, that, you know, in the first 90 days, I, I uh, luckily I, I hit my numbers, but I struggled with it, like mentally and physically, just like you think about it when you 
put your head on the pillow when you're going to sleep and when you wake up. At least mm. that's how I had, I had handled it's it. It's always on, isn't it? Always, yeah. always. So um, that was a big adjustment for me. Um, and there were times like I would run in my, my early selling career with some of my first deals. Um, you, you can tell, you know, newer salespeople who are rushing deals and aren't, you know, not spending their time with the right people or they're kind of spending time with jokers in a sense that like will never buy anything, mm -hmm. you know, they're just like on the call for whatever reason. Um, so I learned the hard way a couple of times where you think you have this massive deal and then they just go dark. And I'm like, well, why do like, they said they were so, so I, you know, all that stuff, uh, I learned very quickly, which I'm grateful for that. I learned quickly, um, rather than, you know, years out of my career. Yeah. Your, your transition from individual contributor, uh, successful account executive inside sales, and you, you kind of, you know, dominate there and you, you turn the corner and you find your way, uh, very different, uh, role in sales productivity and enablement. So, yes. and in my experience in, in working with individuals like you professionally, as your buyers of, of our stuff and decision makers as our stuff, I usually don't engage someone like you being so young at, at in such a sh short period of time, because it's usually you have to have 15 years experience plus, and, you know, crushing a number of different roles. So, um, talk to me about how, you you've got to where you are uh, and yeah. why make the move from sales into enablement yeah so i'll start with that question first moving from sales to to enablement um again had no one to didn't even know enablement was a thing um <laughs> I, mean, I had either. no idea yeah i had no idea until three years ago uh when i when i first joined this team two and a half years ago um what ended up happening was uh i was, I was finding some success uh as an account executive specifically on a sales motion um, that our company really wanted the rest of our sales team to adopt. It was this new freemium motion, right? Getting our, our free CRM users into paid customers, mm -hmm. how to convert those. Because I came from the customer service world and I was working with our free CRM users and onboarding them and implement, you know, spending implementation hours with them, I knew that customer better than anyone on the sales floor. So that those were the only prospects that I was going after and I was killing it. Mm. Right. And a company started to take notice of that. I was like, what are you, what are you doing here? What's your sales process? So again, long story short, the enabling team at the, at the time was one person um, who, who was tasked with rolling out a freemium sales process, go to market strategy, came to me and said, Cody, would you like to join our team and like be in charge of building this playbook and rolling this out to our global sales team? You know, you got, you're gonna have to fly around the world to do this. And, you know, again, some back and forth decisions. Well, you know, I had this five-year plan to be an account executive at least, and then go to sales manager and director mm -hmm. and VP of sales. I, you know, I had that in my mind. Right. Um, but ultimately I, I, you know, my, my decision of why I did it, um, was because of the, the the broader impact that I could have. Again, going back to my, my guiding principles and, and my core principles around helping people, helping as many people as I want to, rather than just being one number on a, you know, 800 person, yeah. you know, quota spreadsheet, I can be that one person that helps all of those 800 people hit their number, you know? So it was just the, the, the wider range of impact really drew me to, let's do it, let's go. Two vastly different jobs uh, yep. two different skill sets needed to, to really be successful in both. 
Um, any regret with the uh, early on at all with the shift? Did you miss selling or was it, no, I, this is where I'm supposed to be? Zero regret. It's to this day, I, I think the best career decision I've ever made in my life, for sure. I, um, I, I genuinely feel and believe that I have found a lifelong career mm. um, within sales enablement. Hopefully that's with HubSpot for the rest of my life. Um, you know, but it's, it's, I, I really, really enjoy this work and, and helping salespeople and helping, um, you know, really like their livelihoods in, in a sense, like that I, I tie that work. Like that's, that's what I try to bring every single day. And our team brings every day is those are our customers. The sales reps and sales managers at HubSpot are our customer. Like we every single day need to attack the day with them in mind to improve their lives. Right. Mm. Um, because of in sales, as you know, like closing deals is their livelihood in a, in a way. And we need to be there for them to help them through that. That's pretty fascinating to me because like six, seven years ago, your vision was behind the desk at ESPN, Nesson, you're, you're, you're running sports center or, or on the field at Fenway, you're kind of doing yep. your thing. And yet here we are, you know, you're, you're, you're impacting people's lives in a different capacity uh, at, a, at a growing company right now. And even on your LinkedIn profile, you're hiring. So that's amazing even during this time. Yeah. 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 It's, it, it is, uh, it's funny when you put it that way. Um, you know, I have a broadcast journalism degree and you're like, well, you're in software tech now. And it's like, it's actually the, the, the skills have translated in a bit communication skills, written mm -hmm. skills, um, you know, personal skills, all of that. Actually, when I look back on it, it's like, you know, this, this isn't a totally worthless degree. Uh, even though I'm not in broadcast journalism, it's actually helped me a ton with, you know, the roles that I'm in now, the roles that I have been in to really lean on with those communication uh, and, and personal skills. Cody, last question. Actually, two, I have two questions for you left. Uh, th this next question is more around advice for anybody. If anybody's listening, if there's one piece of advice that's, that's stuck with you over the years, uh, personally, professionally, combination of both, whatever, anything yep. you want to share? Yeah. Um, th this is a hand-me-down best piece of advice that I've gotten that I've carried with me. Um, in terms of career growth and how do you get to where you are now, make yourself the obvious choice. Um, my, my very first manager at HubSpot told me that. He said, make yourself the obvious choice. And I was like, well, what do you mean by that? He's like, well, you know, if there's openings at HubSpot internally or even openings outside of HubSpot, you know, you think typically, all right, I want to go apply for that, et cetera, et cetera, and try to be seen, right? What you want to do is when there's an opening, that hiring manager says, I want that person in this mm -hmm. role before you even apply for it because of X, Y, and Z, their character, their work ethic. Um, you know, sometimes there's a thousands of smarter people than me at HubSpot by far, right? Like Harvard, Ivy league, all, all the MBAs, master's degrees, like by far. Um, but what I, what I always, uh, you know, lean back on was, Make yourself the obvious choice by working harder than anybody, by making a, 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 as much of an impact as possible um, and helping as many people as possible, even if it is not in your job scope. That was that's one of my pet peeves of, of I, I get like, you know, you got to save your time and say no to some things. But for me, especially earlier on in my career, I said yes to everything. Um, and, you know, it worked for me. Um, 
So that, well, that's what I would say. Well, that's sound advice. And clearly you've taken it to heart because you've accomplished quite a bit in such a short period of time, especially just under the one brand at HubSpot. So congrats on your success there. And I've enjoyed uh, you taking the time to share your story. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask this one final question. Um, who's your team? Boston boy, sports guy. I, yeah. I know you're a Boston fan. Listen, this is coming from a Toronto guy here, man. So I, I tread lightly with this question here. Sure. Um, but uh, I know you're a Boston fan in general, but uh, do you lean uh, baseball? Is it football? Who's your team? I go I go back and forth, but if, if I had to choose one, it's the it's the Sox. Uh, the Sox kid. Uh, yeah, they're they uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge baseball guy. Um, I know it's not for everybody, but I can sit there and watch nine innings and some of my friends think I'm a psycho for that. Uh, but I just think it, it's so, uh, it's so enjoyable just to um, see what they do knowing how hard it is. And right now baseball is in a really kind of bad time in their history. Um, hopefully gets figured out. Uh, so that, you know, it's a little yeah. bit un- unfortunate, but for sure the Sox. The Sox, three world series in your lifetime. Four, four, uh, four, four, yeah. four, four World Series in your lifetime. I know, I know. It's, it's <laughs> they're, they're, I mean, obviously Boston, the Red Sox went through a massive slump for years in terms of championships. So there are some Bostonians who didn't even get one in their lifetime, right? And so here you are with oh, four, yeah. and then of course you add the Bruins and you add the Celtics and you add the six from the Patriots. It's, uh, it's been Mardi Gras in your lifetime being in Boston, I imagine. There, I, I'm going to butcher this stat, but there there is a a, a stat of, of folks my age and we'll call them millennials, um, Boston fans from like 2000 to 2020. I think since then, at every year, I think except for one or two, one of the four Boston teams has been in the conference championship game. Now, a lot of that is driven by the, the Pats. Uh, it's just incredibly yeah. – uh, you know, un- unfortunate for, for like, I see other cities. I'm like, man, we are so spoiled. I'm like, sorry I asked you. I'm sorry that I asked yeah. you. So. <laughs> well, no, listen, Cody, I appreciate you taking the time to, to share your story. Congrats on everything you've yeah. done thus far. Paul, I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So, everybody, listen, we're going to wrap this one up right now. Thanks so much for being here. Remember, your intention matters because that's the result that you'll tend to get. We're out of here on this one, and uh, we'll do it again next week. Be safe, everybody.